I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. You guys been watching The Last of Us? Yes. Oh yeah, five point seven million people tuned into episode two. Wow. Yeah, up twenty two percent from the first episode. Wow. You know that's uh, that's about four point eight million more than the people that watched uh, Power Slap. Dude, yeah, and that's that's about five point two million uh, more people than watch this YouTube video. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Last of Us, uh, why am I bringing up The Last of Us? Well, uh, I figured it would be a good idea to talk about The Last of Us on this week's Feel Good Friday episode, because if you are not familiar with The Last of Us, um, it is a, uh, an acclaimed video game, one of the best video games of all time. Uh, the first in the series of two so far, probably going to be a trilogy and, uh, HBO and the creators, uh, from Chernobyl, which is an amazing television show. Uh, and the director of the video game, uh, Neil Druckmann, came together to put the uh, put the video game into a television series, um, and it's kind of uh, it's making waves. It's it's I mean they only had one episode out when they announced this, but it ended up being IMDb's number one HBO series of all time on IMDb, even though there's a single episode out. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. Yeah, that could change. Yeah. Uh, but with episode two, still great. It's but still still been good. Even good. even even if. Even if the series, for whatever reason, went downhill or just like didn't maybe live up to like the crazy, yeah, 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 it's still a thousand times better than every other video game adapted to TV or movie. It is, and so, and here's the thing: if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it and you're not familiar with it, and you go, "Oh, video game," this video game is not a video game. Uh, The Last of Us is a is a is a playable film. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it is one of the first video games. Uh, that I've ever cried in during many um, times, several times over beautiful game. But here's why it relates to uh, feel good Friday. The show and the game, the story of the last of us takes place 23 years after a outbreak, uh, a fungal outbreak that basically turns um, humans into these uh, cordyceps-filled uh, zombie-like creatures that are just trying to be violent and kill and spread the the fungal uh, I, the fungal um, infection. I feel like it's an important when you're talking to people, especially if they're especially if if they aren't into video games or the maybe it's like the zombie stuff isn't their so, thing. I mean, I, I really I tried to dance around the word yeah. zombie because I mean, even they though don't they are use tech- zombies, yes, like, they're not they're not zombies. They're they not are described as zombies in the show. They're right. not supposed to be zombies. Yeah. They are zombie like to us. Yes. Who knows what who like, know what zombies are like? It would be a massive disservice to the show to say that The Last of Us is the new generation's The Walking Dead. Yeah, that would be hurtful. I think. Yeah, um, a zombie is a mythological undead corporeal uh, uh, revenant created through the re- reanimation of a corpse. But here's the thing: these aren't reanimated corpses. That's right. These are people that have been um, taken over by cordyceps. Which uh, actually, here I'll play a quick little it's video. A here. Real thing is a real thing. So here is a. Uh, this is from uh, BBC um, Planet Earth. This is a ant. Okay. Now this ant that you're seeing now is carrying another ant from the colony and he's carrying him a far away from the colony and leaves him on a tree. Now, the reason that ant was carrying this ant away from the colony is because this ant has been infected with a, uh, a fungal, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? A cordyceps. 
You which, can see yeah. the fungus growing now, out of the back of his we're head. We're watching right now. the cordyceps grow out of the of the skull of the ant, and this is what the this is what the cordyceps has done. It's not the ant. The ant didn't take himself to the edge of this branch. The cordyceps took him there, and the cordyceps sets him up like a zombie at the end of this branch, so that it can then bust out of his head, grow, 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 and then when it finishes growing, the fungal, the cordyceps explodes a big, huge explosion of spores. And then it spreads the cordyceps to other living beings in the area. Now we're looking at different uh, insects that can be affected by cordyceps. So there's Whoa. a cricket that has cordyceps coming out of its body. It's so gnarly. It's like a parasite, right? Um, there's another animal here, another insect here we're about to see. <clears throat> so these cordyceps can affect pretty much any living thing, um, particularly insects. You got some sort of cricket there, like a like a wood bug that's growing out. But the, but the, 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 the kind of the fascinating thing about all these examples <laughs> of all the, all these examples and kind of, and tying it kind of tying it back to sort of like the mythology, I suppose you could call it in, in the last of us is that, is that before, before the cordyceps, you know, kills you. Look at this one. Look or, at the moth. Look at the moth with the cordyceps yeah. coming out of them. Like before it kills you or, 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 um, Uses completely you. takes over your entire being. It basically takes over the function of your body to bring you or to bring these insects to a spot where it will be the most advantageous yeah. for it to spread. Yes. Continuously. Which is a crazy thing for me because as somebody who didn't play the video game, but like knows about the video game and has seen clips of the video game, what struck me when I watched the first episode of the show was how real and possible it felt yes that this situation well, well could because potentially it's, it's happen really to just it's it's that that we know can happen in insects yeah and we here's know a, that it can't happen in humans but if it could if it could here's a fly with uh that's been infected by cordyceps there's it's so gnarly do you want to see do you guys what guess what this is what do you think that is uh Ooh. crab that's a tarantula Whoa. that is filled with cordyceps yeah wow. Whoa! it really like it really does infect a lot of different animals. Oh yeah, a lot of living things. It right? makes some of the it makes some of the things that are in the video game. Like so in the in the video game and now in the show as you see in the first two episodes, there are um there are certain people who uh let's say they go into a building and they 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 become infected, but they're in this like locked room, for example, and there's nothing to eat, there's nothing to do. They just eventually they actually get taken over and they there'll be these people that are plastered against the wall yeah. with like with like 10 feet of mushroom growth yeah. all around them pinning them to the wall and so nasty and and, so nasty. and it's kind of like what you're seeing in some of these photos and it makes those representations in the show not nearly as far fetched yeah. once you see totally. examples yeah. of this in the real world so so one of the best one of the best parts of the show so far and this is not a part of the video game in episode one and two, uh, the very first like 10 minutes of each episode, they sort of set up what was happening in the world prior to the outbreak. This is information that you don't have in the video game. So they're like giving us more of the story that we never got from the game. Um, and the very first episode, uh, we're going to show a clip here um, from the very first like five minutes of the episode. And it's this, um, it's this set of doctors in the 1980s that are on a talk show. And uh, and they're talking about uh, the potential for like a, a pandemic outbreak of some sort. And they're talking about viruses. But there's a mycology specialist on the panel and he starts talking about the the uh, potential for a fungal outbreak, uh, uh, a cordyceps outbreak. Um, so here's here's a, a clip of that first little conversation. Fungal infection of this kind is real, but not in humans. True, fungi cannot survive if its host's internal temperature is over 94 degrees. And currently, there are no reasons for fungi to evolve to be able to withstand higher temperatures. But what if that were to change? Right, so like, so like basically, the reason why this hasn't happened up until that point is because these funguses can't survive right. in, in humans the because they're too... Uh, they're not warm enough. And now, we are currently going through a bit of a climate change. As we all know, where we, you know, depending on where you live, you, you see it very, like, evidently. Here in Nova Scotia, we had our first snowfall a couple of days ago. That's very rare for us. You know, in the past, we would have we would have snow, like, slamming us by November. And every year, it gets a little further and further down the road. Our first snowfall this year was January. 
think last year we had it in December. When we, Next year it might be February. When I was growing up, I had a rink in my backyard every winter starting yeah. in like mid-December. Mm-hmm. And it was frozen until March. And now scientists are tripping out because they are thinking, and I, I read this in an article the other day, they are thinking, they're speculating that the next viral pandemic, they're speaking specifically to viral, <clears throat> could be something that is... Uh, frozen that is, in the ice. That is frozen in the ice in the Arctic that right. has been like dormant for years, but it thaws out, uh, you know, a couple of guys working at a research base up in the Arctic. Uh, they find a dog. The dog runs in. The dog seems like an, a good boy, but it turns out that dog is just riddled with uh, like some sort of alien virus. It takes over the entire place, kills everybody until there's two guys left. One guy who's drinking a bottle of Jim Beam. The other guy who's is just exhausted and tired and frozen and the whole place is burning down and only two of them are left alive and they're both going to freeze to death and die. And that is the thing. Yeah. I was going to say, that sounds like the plot of the thing. Yeah. One of my favorite (laughs) movies of all time. So, so I mean, we're about, we're about to see, here's another clip from uh, the last of us uh, from that same scene. What if for instance, the world were to get slightly warmer, right? Oh, well now Mm -hmm. there is reason to evolve. One gene mutates, and an ascomycetia, candida, ergot, cordyceps, aspergillus, any one of them could become capable of burrowing into our brains and taking control, not of millions of us, but billions of us. That's billions. Okay. With a B. Yeah. Yeah. What about with a T? Not for another Tillions. Like 50 years. Tillions and tillions of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's, the, here's the last clip from that little scene. And there are no treatments for this, no preventatives, no cures. They don't exist. It's not even possible to make them. So if that happens, we lose. We're Game fucked. over, man. You know what? Game the, over. It makes me so like when I saw this scene, it was like, I mean, it, extremely powerful. Yeah. I think it plays on like the Especially trauma because of, COVID. of like COVID yeah. and, and, and that too. But yeah, the timing but, is perfect for like the show. It's funny because it's got like a similar vibe to Contagion. When when they're start like pre outbreak, they're talking about like what potentially could happen, but then you hear about this where it's like, no, we couldn't we couldn't create a vaccine. We'd basically be be fucked. But my my question in watching this was like, okay, this is compelling because I don't understand the science of it and I don't study this. Could this really happen? Yeah. Like, so could well, this really happen? So here's a, a a neat little article about that. So the HBO series The Last of Us. Depicts a world where fungus infects billions of people and pushes humanity to the brink of extinction. While this scenario is purely fictional, experts say that the potential threat posed by fungi, 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 in real life should not be ignored. Uh, I'm going to say fungi because that's what uh, Paul Stamets says, and and he's my daddy. (laughs) Um, The show begins in the 1960s with a bleak speech about epidemiologists and the, the danger of fungi, which we just watched. Uh, so sorry, I said 1980s, 1960. Uh, warning that if the world were to get slightly warmer, then there is reason to evolve, referencing the potential of fungi to infect and overpower a person's mind. In the show, a mass cordyceps outbreak leads to a devastating pandemic, which transforms people into bloodthirsty abominations. However, the idea of fungi being able to infect and control the brain is not entirely without scientific basis. Professor Elaine Bignell a world leader in the field of human fungal pathogen research states that there are numerous fungi infecting the brain of human beings all over the planet, often with devastating outcomes. So we're already seeing it. She goes on to say that a number of fungal species are quite prominent pathogens and kill hundreds of thousands of people every year. It's just that the public is not well aware of this because of the deep state. (laughs) because of the Illuminati. Viewers of The Last of Us have noted that a few of the dangers identified by its fictional epidemiologist featured last year on a list of health-threatening fungi by the World Health Organization, who? Among the fungi deemed most high-risk was Aspergillus fumigatus, a common mold that is widespread in the environment of homes and outdoors, which can cause chronic and acute lung disease and can be deadly. Now, Brittany Murphy died from this thing. I don't know black if it was specifically mold. black mold. Candida species, which are behind co- uh, complaints like thrush and skin rashes and like, yeah, yeast infections, are, are also one of the leading causes of bloodstream infection in, in intensive care patients. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but like those first two examples, 
they don't scare me as much. No, you know, like like well, they're I, not as like, scary as zombies. Right, that's <laughs> right? what I mean. It's like it's like okay, and this, it's not there's this. this thing. You know, it's not it's not these. Also, but, nothing in the world is going to happen like it does in the Last of Us. Well, like, like, but like that's like, my question. Like, that's not that's not how it's going to happen. It could happen. It's not going to happen like that. Well, there's also crypto. Just the same way that COVID wasn't contagious. <laughs> there's also cryptococcusist neoformins, which infects lungs and brain, causing pneumonia and meningitis in immunocompromised patients. Also made the list. Um, it, it kills more than 100,000 people a year in sub-Saharan Africa. Now, when it comes to cordyceps, all right, this is the, the one specifically that we were looking at here earlier on the tarantula. And cordyceps are what are infecting the hosts in The Last of Us, the series. I wonder if mushroom sales will decline. Oh, dude. Like, like, because, I mean, mushrooms have an, it, an insane amount of, of benefits to them, health benefits, and cordyceps, including cordyceps. The show makes me not want to touch a mushroom. You're asking, is this bad PR for mushrooms? It, I mean, it could be, yeah. Paul Stamets could be fucking facing well, some... Well, Paul Stamets needs to go on a on a PR he tour. Does. Yeah. That's what he needs. He needs to be yeah. on fucking... He needs to go back on Rogan for the I, Honestly, though, this fucked, me, this fucked me up so much that I... Uh, Maddie recently bought, like, a, or last night, bought a head of cauliflower, and it was sitting on our nope. counter. Nope. And I was like... Nope. That looks too much like a clicker's yeah, head. Get it out. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I can yeah. eat any of that. That's irrational. When it comes to cordyceps, the like fungus it. depicted in the show, it is absolutely real. Dr. Mark Ramsdale, a professor in molecular microbiology at the MRC Center for Medical Mycology, states that there are about 600 species of cordyceps. They are predominantly insect pathogens. It's their insect host that they manipulate and change their behavior. And so from that perspective, there is some basis there. Uh, found in tropical forests, the fungus penetrates the insect's body via spores, which are released to allow a fungus to reproduce and defend itself. The fungus then guides its host into a more humid location to help it grow oh. before feeding on the remains and launching new spores from its corpse. However, cordyceps is also used in treatments and therapeutics for humans, notably Chinese herbal medicines. Another facet of the Last of Us foreboding speech shared by the Who's landmark report was the influence of climate change on the nature of fungi and our relationship with it. Professor Bignell says the impact of global heating will be profound for all microbes on our planet. There are some 150,000 identified species of fungi in the world, uh, well short of the millions estimated to exist, and few have been studied in detail. The show highlights the potential dangers that fungi poses to humanity and while the scenario depicted on the show is purely fictional, it serves as a reminder that the threat of fungi should not be ignored and more research needs to be done to understand their potential impacts on humans and the environment. So again, right now, insect pathogens, but those, in, those, those, those cordyceps bring them to a more human place so they can grow better. If we start to, if the temperature of the planet starts to lower, could those pathogens right. become humanized? Could those could those cordyceps find a way to mutate so that it would affect humans the way that it affects that ant? Yeah, I mean this is what uh, Woo, this is what good baby. Um, this is what good science fiction is know, all about. I know, Ta like you know, playing on yeah. playing on the like very entertaining but not that uh, far fetched uh, science that exists. Like going, hey, you know, this yeah. isn't something that can happen now, but it's something that could theoretically happen in the future you know, given the right or wrong yeah. circumstances. Okay. So because, um, we are all fans of the last of us and we are all fans of talking about aliens. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious how like Taylor for you, what do you feel like is more realistic an alien encounter or a cordyceps outbreak where people are turning into like human zombies? <laughs> Statistically. Which one do you think? I'm not that's, asking that's you to, e that's easy. I'm not asking Statistically, you to put data to it. I'm just saying, like, what do you think? Statistically, you think? I mean, that's easier. Cl clearly, clearly something happening on our planet that already exists that doesn't have to go anywhere is, is the logical answer. So do, wrong, wrong. <laughs> Uh, Benny and Barney Hill, statistically, <laughs> Benny and Barney Hill already went through this. You okay. are probably this statistically. It's I, probably, I never said statistically. You're you guys. probably you're probably <laughs> more likely. Like the difference between the the difference between alien abductions happen. The difference between the alien people the talk aliens about. coming aliens coming to our planet <laughs> and doing something to us, or or this happening is like is like 
like like orders of magnitude. No, but, but it's wait, already wait, happened. Wait, wait, I mean, wait, wait. Benny and Barney Hill got abducted. So wait, like, wait, it's wait. already happened. But here's my question. You're talking, non, Taylor, you're talking non-speak to 90% you, of people who are listening. Taylor. Benny and Barney Hill were the two, uh, were a married couple, um, and they were the first recorded... Um, recorded. The first recorded um, <laughs> He uh, says this victims. as if it's like the most factual thing that's never... Uh, yeah, Benny yeah, and they Barney... They say that that's what happened. Yes, I understand were the that. first recorded um, victims of alien adoption. Yeah, the first recorded... Wait, 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 wait. But I had a follow-up question to that. So, hold Taylor... On, hold on, let, let me... Let, I Benny know, Barney I mean, this Hill is on were that a, same were, thing. We're an American couple who claimed they were abducted by extraterrestrials Lame. in the uh, rural portion of the state of New Hampshire in September... Of 1961, it was the first widely publicized report Lie. of an alien <laughs> abduction in the U.S. Uh, the incident it came to be called the Hill abduction. Um, the Benny okay, and Barney okay, Hill are the okay. grandparents of, uh, wait, of wait, wait. Uh, Amanda Hill. Wait, um, wait, one, okay. one, do you know how easy it is to lie in the 1960s and get in the news? The second thing, though, is um, Taylor. Well, they, well, they, they might have been lying, but you uh, if, Brian, you, if, if you, you want watch, to shut them down, you can't you can't yeah, poke you, them and then try to move <laughs> on. Don't no, poke right. the bear. If you watch if you watch videos of them. Uh, they are pretty traumatized. Betty had dreams 10 days after the alleged UFO encounter. Betty began having a series of vivid dreams. So he says. They continued for five, uh, Betty, she, uh, five successive nights. Never in her memory had she recalled dreams such in such detail and intensity, but they stopped abruptly after five nights and never returned. They occupied, they occupied <laughs> her thoughts during the day when she mentioned them to Barney. He was sympathetic, but not too concerned. And the matter was dropped. Betty did not mention them to Barney okay, again. Okay, so, so they're they're alien so anyway, people. They're, yeah. So forget that thing for a second. So my point in asking that question it. was Taylor. Do you think that it's possible that aliens show up on our planet someday and they're like, "Hey, what's up?" And there's an alien encounter on our planet. Well, sure, there's a possibility. So you do, you, but do you? Okay, do you think that will that will happen someday? I have no reason to be able to tell you whether it will or won't because there's I'm, not I'm enough not, evidence on either side of it. But do you think, what do you think? Emotionally, what do you think? Not logically or rationally. I don't think about it emotionally. <laughs> what do you mean think about it emotionally? How do I think about it? No, what I'm you asking mean? you to think emotionally about it. I'm asking you to, to draw I'm, I'm your think, feelings. I'm thinking about it emotionally of, right now. Yeah, I know what you think so, emotionally. So, so <laughs> Simon was a, a Simon who, oh, uh, uh, the, the, the Hills met Simon, this guy named Simon in 1963. So he uh, he did hypnosis sessions with them. Simon began hypnotizing the Hills on January fourth, nineteen sixty four. He hypnotized Betty and Barney several times each, and the sessions lasted until June of that year. Uh, and he conducted the sessions on Barney and Betty separately, so they could not overhear one of those recollections. Now, after the hypnosis sessions, okay, can Simon, we, so now hold we got to believe on. in let, hypnosis. Let me get this. After <laughs> after the, the hypnosis sessions, Simon speculated, "You're going to like this." that Barney's recollection of the UFO encounter was possibly a fantasy inspired by Betty's dreams. Simon thought it was one of the most reasonable and consistent explanations. Barney rejected this idea, noting that while their memories were uh, consistent in some regards, there were also portions of both their narratives that were unique to each of them. Barney has now, uh, was now ready to accept that they had been abducted by occupants on a UFO, though he never embraced it as fully as Betty did. Betty was sold. Okay. This, this so, is a really good transition so, so to something talking about that is, mediums. Now, I will tell I know, you, I, know. I will tell you that if I had to, okay, so here's my, here's my answer. Here's my answer. I think no. And I think that not because I don't think that they could come or that that's a possibility because it certainly is a possibility. But I think that when you stretch out astronomical timescales, the, uh, an alien species visiting Earth, lining up with the existence of the human species, probably unlikely. Yeah, so I don't disagree with you on that. But the point in me asking because I think the human species the, will either it, they either already were here or they will come later. So the point in me asking that question was that if you believe that that was possible at all, and you believed more so that it was possible for a cordyceps outbreak to happen where people turn in, into zombies, therefore you must believe to a certain extent that it's somewhat possible that that could happen could happen and i just want to give that, that some context it would be like to me it's like saying to somebody on monday going i will meet you at the train station on friday you don't give them a time but you can only go in a five minute window of that entire day and expecting those those thing, those two those two to line up yeah but you don't tell them what time you just give them a day or you don't even give them a day you go i'll get i'm gonna meet you at the train station this week in a five minute time window and you both have to <laughs> guess 
and line up. That's so it, the likelihood of it's probably far less than that. And if but, they were smart, they would show up when the train's going to be there. I mean, that's what people had to do before cell phones. Like there's several trains <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Okay. So, I mean, the point that I was making is that uh, hypnosis and their story, Jared, that you were going into is about a, as believable as um, a medium when they're predicting <laughs> yeah. what happens to you in your life. And yeah. I think you have some experience with that. I do, yeah. So I went to a medium last night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, a, what a sharp turn. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl! Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. I went to a medium <laughs> last night. It was my birthday gift from uh, my partner, Kira. And uh, she brought me to see a medium, Sheila, the medium. Is that what she goes by? Is her that name is Sheila, and she is the medium. Handle? Yeah, I, I, it was Sheila, the the interpreter, or something like that. This and is it, really this. Just to preface this, this is really hard for me because I'm such a skeptic about mediums, and I I think that it's such a farce and like a, a impressive entertainment. <laughs> but like, I, I, I don't think, think so, I don't think you. I don't. I don't think you need to say that you think it's a farce. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think you right. can just. State it as such. Right. So here's here's where I stand with mediums. <laughs> no offense to everybody out there who thinks that. I, I mean, <laughs> if you couldn't already, if you couldn't already uh, tell, I do very much believe in extraterrestrials. I do uh, very much believe that extraterrestrials are here now, um, and uh, I'm fully fully sold on it. <laughs> mediums, <laughs> fully however, sold. fully sold. Mediums, however, uh, I don't believe in ghosts, and I don't believe in mediums. I'm I'm quite a skeptic. How do you know mediums aren't aliens that are here now? And how that do you, some, that doesn't fall into my belief of it? And how do you reconcile being fully sold on something that, right. based on evidence, so, is very much out? Uh, the, uh, well, a uh, there's a bunch of evidence that the New York Times has been talking about about UAPs that is very clearly something's happening. So, but the reason I the reason I stated that is because. I also, because I believe in aliens, I fully understand why I don't have a fucking rock to stand on when I say that I don't believe in aliens. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So, perfect. So it, yeah. It's Wonderful. like for okay. me to sit here and, and sure. poo-poo on a, a medium right. is fucking okay. crazy. It's like somebody sitting here poo-pooing on you liking aliens. Yeah. You're very, uh, you're aware. I, oh yeah, totally. Like, okay. like it, I know it is, it is bonkers for me to believe in aliens to the degree at which I do. Okay. okay. Which gives me which gives me no right to say that mediums are bullshit. However, sure, okay. I don't think I don't, I don't believe in them. Sure. But my experience with my medium last night, Sheila <laughs> was interesting. <laughs> no very, doubt. very, so, very much interesting. She's, I'll say this. If she's not a real true medium, she's a very good fake medium. Now I've been to, I've been to, this is the second psychic I've been to in the last year. The first psychic I went to was fucking awful. <laughs> like such a such a fucking bullshit artist, awful experience. A bad actor. Bad actor. Hilarious. It was one of the funniest things I've ever done in my life. I was also high on acid, and it was fucking. But it was you, so funny. Were you entertained? No, I mean, well, because um, you were on acid. I was. I was entertained the way that I'd be enter entertained if I watched, uh, you know, Morbius. <laughs> like, like okay. I was entertained yeah, yeah, yeah. at laughing at how shitty it was. <laughs> Uh, but the, but Sheila last night, Sheila entertained me in a way where I, I appreciated her work. Okay. I was, I was very taken aback by her work now. Like you appreciated the art of the yes. acting and the yes. entertainment yes. of it. Yes. And my experience with the medium, this know, woman was talking to spirits. Like, she was talking to ghosts in the room. She was, t she was telling them not to interrupt her. She was like, we'd be, oh, wow. she, you know, she'd be talking to me and yeah. she'd be like, you know, I'm, I'm getting a sense that they're telling me, hold on, hold on. I'm not there yet. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm getting a sense like she would she was lippy with them. <laughs> now there were two spirits that walked in with me in my session. Uh-huh. Uh one was my dead grandfather, Poppy Rice. Um, and the other one was Brandon. Okay. Our buddy Brandon. How did she how did she yeah. bring that up to yeah, you? She yeah, said, yeah. Two spirits walked in with you. 
Uh, one, she said, "Who are they?" She said, "One is one is one is quite old." Yeah. She said, "He's he's he's very old." And she was like, "Do you have?" And I was like, "My grand, I have a grandfather that passed away." And she goes, "Okay, yeah." So I'm getting. He knows you very closely. He's nodding. Yeah, it's him. And he's and yeah, and he yeah. keeps saying like, "I just I can't." It was only yesterday that you were like this little this little guy running around. I was like, "Yeah, that's probably my grandfather." Then she goes, "The other one's much younger." She was like, "Probably like five six years younger than you." And I was like, okay. And she goes, has anybody young in your life died? And I was like, yeah, my, my buddy Brandon passed away. And she was like, okay. He's nodding. Yeah. And then she goes, what year did Brandon and, die? And she said, 2019? and then she said, um, was it cancer? And I said, yeah. And she goes, okay. Yeah. So I think this is, I'm pretty sure this is Brandon. And I was like, okay. That was, that was a, now let me just say this. Why didn't she just I ask him? I didn't believe that. I didn't believe that part. Yeah. Right. But. It's a, the only, it's, it's a deduction. The only, t- well, a deduction from what? The only two people that have ever died in my life outside of Bigby, which is not a person, is Brandon and my grandfather. I haven't had, I haven't had any close deaths in my life other than those two. But it doesn't necessarily need to be close because if you don't have somebody that you might identify as close, you, what you will do psychologically is, is you will pick reach, someone out. You will reach pick, for the yeah, next closest yeah. thing. But do, But do you not think it is... Do you not think that it is in the in the least bit interesting that she called two men, one very old, one significantly younger? When she could have said a woman, she could have said a fucking old woman and a young woman. Let's put it, she could, let's she put it this way. Kid. She Here. could have said, I mean, like she could have said so many different things, but she did nail an old man and a young boy. Okay, I think she I, went for two. I think she just put, <clears> goes for two. Too fairly. I didn't, I didn't think that was interesting. Put, I thought that things. was interesting. But put it this way: what if, what if she said to you? Again, I don't two, believe in what, it. Yeah, I still don't believe in it up to this point. But Jared, my question mm-hmm. is: what if she said there are two <laughs> women with you? One w- is older, and one is younger. What, I, like, what I, would go through your mind? Nothing, like, who, nothing. And you'd be like, no. I, I would be like, I think you might be. I think you might be clouded now that you've had the experience. No, like, no, no, no. I'm, t- I'm telling you right now because I thought about this before I went in. Because I, so, so I know some of the somebody else that went to her. And, and this person basically said there were spirits. She was talking to dead people, dead people that I knew. So I was like, all right, she's going to say that there's dead people. And Kira was like, how many people have died in your life? And I was like, two, like outside of like guests on the podcast, like two people. And she was like, okay, only my, only my grandfather, and only Brandon. Those are the only two people I could think of. Kind of interesting that she, she did nail the gender and the ages. Okay, so so keep which, going. Which then. I was keep like, okay, then. that's interesting. Whatever, interesting. But she didn't. But she didn't nail the ages. She did. She said old and young, right? But and then right. you fill in the blank. But she said five or six right. years younger than she, you. I mean, Brandon. She nailed Brandon's age. Really, I mean, I've given them the benefit of the doubt okay, so sure, far. Sure. So, sure, how, sure. How old is Brandon when he died? Uh, tw- no, no, twenty-two, maybe twenty-two. And then, so I would have been what, wow. like, I would have been 30, yeah, I guess so, yeah. I would have been 30 or 29. Yeah. Cause remember for his 19th birthday, and she said like five or six, out. she was like, right, I'm right. getting like five or six years younger than you, mm-hmm. which was like, and she was off by like two years, mm-hmm. pretty damn close. And then the, and then the older one, she's like, this is an old man, like an old ass man. He said he's your grandpa. <laughs> to grandpa. which to which I said, yeah, that's my grandpa. And then yeah. Jared was like, how many old ass? How many, what, yeah. Who, who you know falls I mean, into the category I mean, of old if ass? If you want to poke holes in this, you could have just said, what does he say? What say yeah, his yeah, name yeah. is? Yeah. I, I should <laughs> like, You're I, talking to the spirits. Yeah, yeah. Ask him his name. So I'll I can stop check trying, to make I'll sure. stop trying to poke yeah. holes. I don't, I feel like the holes are evident. So yeah. you yeah. just yeah. Yeah. keep going. I'm curious about the experience. So, um, so before, so it was a card reading. So she pulled out nine cards and we went through them all. But before she did the card reading, and Kira, Akira recorded all this. I should have brought the recording and played oh, some of it. Oh fuck! But um, before the card, before she did the cards, she did make a, she made a uh, prediction. She told my future. She said, "Hey, by the way, do you have a? Did you did you live on the West Coast?" And I was like, "Yeah, for a little bit." She was like, "But you didn't want to stay. You couldn't stay." And I was like, "No, I couldn't." And she's like, "Okay, you're gonna go back." And I was like, "All right." I lived on the West Coast for six months. She didn't say she, 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 and that came out of nowhere. She just went, did you live on the West coast? Okay. Yeah, I did. Somehow she could tell when she was like, all right, you're going to go back. And she said, this is what she said. She said, you're going to go back <laughs> on October 6th, 2000. I'm getting 2027, <laughs> October 6th. You're going to move to BC. She said, you're going to move to BC. 
And you're not going to go to Vancouver. You're actually going to go up. You're going to go north. You're going to go up. Straight up. You're going to go north of Vancouver along the coast, but a little bit in, in a valley, in a small community. And you're going to buy a home. And the home is going to be an A-frame home with two sections that come out to the sides. Uh, and the A-frame on the front will be covered in windows. Lots of natural light. The part on the side uh, will be a master bedroom. The inside of the A-frame is going to be your living room, kitchen, dining room, all open concept. There's going to be a, a recording studio that you build just off your house. She thought you were in a band, though, because of the way you look. It's <laughs> probably. So she's like, you're going to have a studio. And then she goes, two dogs. So gonna, hold on. Did she say recording studio or are you saying recording she studio? She said recording studio. <clears throat> she said, you're going to have two dogs, both kind of large, one like golden retriever size, another one just like a little bit smaller than that. One will have blue eyes, a one blue eye. She's like, maybe it's a husky. I don't know. Could be a, a border be. collie. Could be a border Old collie. Border collie yeah. And she said, one has a blue eye. Uh, she said, when you're up there, you're going with her. She's pointed here. She's like, you two are both going to live there. And uh, when you're there, you're going to go to a body of water. Do you like water? And I was like, yeah. She goes, perfect. <laughs> you're going to go to the body of water <laughs> and you're going to see dolphins. You're, sorry, you're going to see uh, uh, orcas. You're going to see orcas while they mate. And it's going to be a life-changing experience for you. And one of the orcas are going are to come up to involved? you. <laughs> she goes, one, one of the orcas are going to come up to you and it's going to look into your eye. And when it looks into your eye, you're going to look into its eyeball. And you're going to go, free Willie. Yeah. And she goes, and, and, then, and she goes, and and he wants me to tell you that that's Brandon. When he lo- when that orca looks at you, that's Brandon looking at you. And I was like, <laughs> can all I, right. Can I, can I share something with you? A thought that I had as yeah. you, when you said, when you said the West Coast thing. 2027, and- October 6th. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we have it on record. Like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. if this happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, she I mean, also said, it, I mean, it's more likely to happen now that it's in your mind. You know what strikes me though? She, is the she, people she, who she, make their decisions in life based up, they go to a session like this yeah, and they hear yeah. that and then they're like shopping for houses and the house is out of their price range, but they like, this medium has told them yeah, that yeah, this yeah, is what yeah, they're yeah. going to do. And they're like, yeah. well, I guess it's, yeah. fit. I have to. So, so the, so the thing that, the thing that popped in my head, which was why I was started really laughing when you said the West coast thing. And yeah. because, cause she was like, did you live on the West coast? And you said, yeah. And then she continued down this thread. Yeah. But if you had said no, then she would she would have just she would have just said okay and then she would have gone in another direction and i actually just saw this experience literally like while she's preparing for this for this session with you yeah. that she's got a board that's mapped out exactly like Nathan Fielder has on, <laughs> on, on the yeah, rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like every yeah. possible response that you could possibly yeah. give to every question that she yeah. asks has a diverting storyline that goes off my, into a web of like yeah. a trillion options. My favorite thing though about mediums is the way that they validate things. So like, she's like you, she says to you, you used to live on the West coast and you say yes she then will always say something or the person will always then say something that makes you feel like they really know, like, but you couldn't stay. Well, no fucking shit. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. obviously yeah. I couldn't yeah. stay there for whatever, like whatever that means to you, mm-hmm. it means mm-hmm. something like, no, you're right. I couldn't. And then now you're thinking yeah. about going back and she's like, you're going to go back. Yeah. And so like, they're planting all these seeds in your they're mind. They're very interesting. Like, they know, it, they know psychology. It's an amazing performance. It, it, it really is. She was good. So she impressive. was good. Dude, when she was explaining my home, I was like, that sounds good. Wait, like, Jared, keep going. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love this. Uh, there's going to be a, f- a really nice fireplace there. Um, and uh, it's a log home, but not the inside. The inside is not logged. The outside is. And the inside has nice walls. But hold on. What, like, what, what else? Was there anything else where you were like, whoa, like, like, oh, that caught my attention. Not really. I mean, so so when she did the card reading. Um, so here, here's why I wanted to bring this up on the show. When when, when it was over and we left. um what I felt like was, and, and I, I actually, I attribute this kind of to what I feel, uh, how I feel about tarot, uh, tarot cards. Um, if you're not familiar with tarot, uh, they are cards that have, uh, you know, there's the Why joker. Are you smirking? Is it tarot or you know, is it tarot? It's tarot. Uh, tarot <laughs> cards are uh, a deck of cards that you can read to different types of readings that can like give you insight into your life. Yeah. Um, it's like a, a lot of, a, a lot of, y- a lot of psychics use tarot. Um, it's like choose your own um, horoscope adventure. Yeah, but the thing that I the thing that I appreciate about tarot is that um, it's it's a game. It's a it's gamified. It's gamified self therapy is the way that I look at tarot. So like I don't believe in tarot. I don't believe in like pulling the death card and then all of a sudden 
you know, whatever that card means is going to like, uh, like happen in your life or whatever. But what I do actually uh, believe is possible is getting to know the, the meaning of the cards of tarot, pulling them and then attributing those things to your life so that you can live a better life. So it's, it's like, it's like self gamified therapy. Um, and that's where tarot started. Tarot started as a card game in Italy and, uh, and it, you know, it was like, it went through an evolution. Now it's like a, now it's just like woo woo psych, psychic reading bullshit. Um, when this woman read my cards, when the session was over, I was like, that was, that was, um, that was, that was like as beneficial, I feel as like a, a legit therapy session. I could see that because she, I, she, every card she pulled. So she, she pulled a card for like my current, my, my, my current state, my, my recent past, my recent future. The person last night did this. Yes. My, uh, my, my hangups, my strengths, my, um, my, you know, my, my, my outlook, my goals, yada, yada, whatever. She pulled like nine cards. Everyone she pulled, she would then start to like shrink me based on what the card said. Mm-hmm. And it, got my juices turning and me thinking about myself and like, and thinking about, so like one of the things she, she pulled a card, actually this was kind of interesting. She pulled a card and she was like, Oh, um, and I'm going to say this. I know you're going to laugh, but, but she, she pulled a card and she goes, Oh, did someone hurt you recently? And I was like, uh, yeah. And she goes, okay, who? And so I told her, I was like, this, this person hurt me. And she was like, I see. Well, this card that I just pulled tells me that. And, and it's also telling me that because the way this person hurt you, you are still holding on to that hurt. You haven't forgiven the person. And that's playing out in this way with your current relationship. And the way you show up in your current relationship is based on the hurt that you felt in the past from this other person. And in order for you to get to this point, pointing to like a, a, a card she pulled before. She was like, you need to get over this. So that bullshit that you're pulling with her, you got to fucking stop that because you're looking, you're looking in the rear of your mirror. You got to be looking forward. She, mm-hmm. she said to some cool things. She goes, you, you got to look forward. She's like, when you're driving your car, the, wind, the, the, the windshield of the car is big. So you can look forward. The rear view mirrors are small. So like, why are you looking in these small ass mirrors when you can be looking through that big fucking fat mirror in fr- window in front of you? And I was like, yo, that's, that's <laughs> fucking so cool. That's, that's, I was like, that's something cool um, a therapist would say. You know what, though? So I'm, I'm feeling, one, in just saying that, you've changed my mind about mediums. And the reason why I say that is because I hear what you're saying, and I think that if you go in and buy into the experience and hold in the back of your head that, like, you know, this is just an actor, it's not real or whatever, and yeah. whatever you think in the back of your mind, if you go in and fully embrace that, it could be yes. an incredibly therapeutic. And here's the thing: I went, experience. I went in as a super skeptic, but I went in with a fully open mind. Right. I was like, Kira is paying a hundred dollars for me to go st- sit with this fucking old lady in her house to tell me a bunch of shit I, that I already know or like shit that isn't tr- true. But I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean into it, and I'm going to embrace this. And when I came out of it, I was like, I actually came out of that with like a lot of, a lot of benefit, and, and like. In fact, this morning, like I woke up this morning and Kira said something to me and I start, I caught myself reacting immediately. I started reacting to what she said. And then in the midst of reaction, I went, oh, wait, no, no, this is what, this is what fucking Sheila was talking about last night. What are you doing? Don't do that. And then I, so I didn't, I didn't go through with it. And then not by not, by way of not going through with it, it was like, it it was a really great setup for the day for Kira and I, Mm -hmm. because it could have spiraled into some kind of thing where we got into an argument about something fucking petty and and then, you know, I'm fucking sour at her and she's sour at me and the day just goes by and you're like, you've got that f- gut feeling where you're like, oh, fuck, man. Like, I wish the, I wish the conversation didn't go that way this morning. We didn't have the, to deal with that because last night I had that conversation with Sheila and she pointed this thing out to me that I know to be true. I already know that I'm, I'm hung up on this hurt in the past and I'm pouring that on to Kira and that's having a real... Well, a, a, I would argue that... Um, she didn't point this out. She prompted you to bring it out yourself. Yes, yeah. And, and that's Which is what, what therapy is. It, so when you were explaining this earlier, I was thinking <laughs> yeah. before you even said therapy, I was like, this is exactly what my therapist yeah, does. And exactly. I'm filling in the blanks, but my therapist creates the space for me to feel comfortable doing that. And it's not like a, yeah. a woo woo environment. But the thing that I think is that 
for people who aren't comfortable going to therapy, this could be a really nice stepping stone yeah. to go to a place where it's like, hey, this is gamified a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's it's um it's a little bit less threatening, you know, pulling a card and then talking about what that card yeah. brings to mind rather than going, what's been bothering you this yeah. week or something more I, intense. I just want to say though, I, the point that I wanted to make about that it, is I also feel that there could be some negative consequences oh yeah, 100%. to that because mediums aren't therapists yeah. and they are actors. Yeah. And and I, my 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 sort of like big question that I have in my mind is like what sort of damage could they do? Yeah. yeah I would this? I would be I would be I heavily lean to that. I see and I can understand how somebody going into that experience and being very mindful of what the experience is and very mindfully teasing out things that yeah. can be helpful could be helpful. But my guess is that the majority of people from like, a non-therapist, yeah, if they're not your close friend, is uh, questionable at best. I mean, your close friend can really fuck you up too. Trying, yeah, to no, sure, but be a but, but but no, you. no, no. Of course they can, but but like but like, that's what close friends. Close friends are there for, are, are there to confide in and to yeah. and to help somebody when they like. You're, that's gonna be that's gonna be a truism until the end of time. Is what, what friends, I, friends try to help friends, but when strangers try to help friends, or when strangers try to help people in, in that there in that therapeutic way, whether they mean that or not. Because that I'm not saying that she needs to shut down her business because her, her she's probably not looking at it as being a therapy for you at all. That's probably not what she's. That's probably not the aim. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, I, feel it like, might be. I feel like that's kind of her bag. But I yeah. think I think that there's a lot. I think that there is a very great number of people who are psychologically susceptible to uh, taking that type of experience in a way that is uh, more unhelpful because yeah. it's not. It doesn't well, come from a place of education. I, I mean, I am. I'll probably this week I will unalive myself this week. And when I write my note, it will be uh, Sheila did this. Jesus to me. Christ. Um, I do want to <laughs> I do want to say to that, though, I, I also think that um, mediums aren't I, I don't think it doesn't sound like she was trying to give you advice or anything and like no. saying like you need to do this or no. you should you should do this other than no, the spirits. Work. I see that you are going to live in this place yeah. in four years or yeah. whatever. I mean, I, but, think that, I think that's the biggest thing. And not that this can't happen with therapy, but like my our experience that we had with the medium was like, I was going, this is doing way more harm. Yeah. So this is like, my, and the, you're, you're yeah. like at, at best, at best you're, you're giving the, you're giving people like a little bit of, um, a little bit of like maybe hope or, or, or nice nostalgia, um, to think about. And in the more likely case, you're causing them pain. Well, the, but the I think the bigger problem is unpacking trauma in in a situation so they're like yeah, hey yeah. i see the knives card came up this is this represents a stabbing feeling at your heart from your past what traumatic events have you been through yeah. and then you start yeah. to relive those moments and then there's no grounding there's in no our like, experience in a group setting now what 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 <laughs> yeah. i what i want to say to this yeah. is that i am fully aware that i went into that experience as a skeptic i went in with an open mind and i was able to after the after the fact unpack what happened and turn it into something that was meaningful to me. Um, <clears throat> but anybody else who goes to see a medium, if you don't have that ability, like if you just know downright, you don't have the, that ability, which you, if you don't know, you don't have that ability. You probably don't know that you shouldn't be going to a medium in the first place. Mm -hmm. You should be going to a therapist. You, you, like you, you should be self-aware enough to like go into experience like that and, and take it for what it is and not give it too much meaning, which is exactly what I did. Um, I still am a skeptic. I don't believe, tough. I don't believe that Brandon was talking to her. I don't believe that my grandfather was talking to her, but she said some, she, you know, she pulled a card for Brandon at the end. I choked up. I started crying. I started crying because it was like, she was saying things to me that, that Brandon was saying to me. And the thought of Brandon saying those things to me now, if Brandon's spirit could say that, that made me, that brought a tear to my eye. Um, I know that he wasn't saying that stuff. How did that make you feel though? Like afterwards for great. reflecting on it that? It felt great. Yeah. It was a fucking great feeling. And it that's was good. Like, it, it made me feel peace. It made me feel, uh, yeah, it just made me feel really good. Um, but again, but people it, pay but to go there. but again, I'm self-aware enough to like come out of that and go, wow, that, that, like that pretend that we just did that, like that scene we just acted out was really, uh, was really touching. 
But I will tell you, like, yeah, like, that's a good way to look like, at it. And and and, and I don't want to. And I would I would never deny somebody that that experience, um, if that's what they're taking from it. But when we when we had that experience, which was a group of like close to fifty people, yeah, something like 60. that, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. I was really surprised at the at the percentage of buy in, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. not and not not mindful buy in. At yes. least, at least on the surface, yeah. a, a, as it seemed. Also, the, not mindful buy-in, but like, just hook, line, and sinker. The practitioner totally. himself was a bit of a bully too, which was, was bully, which yeah. made the situation feel. Yeah, Sheila. Sheila was not. Sheila was a very sweet, warm yeah. woman. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that was uh, that was. A, I have an interesting little therapy session last night uh, with my medium that uh, I'll be. I'll probably be going back to. I'd say like once every week, hundred bucks a week. Uh, just Honestly, it's here. cheaper than therapy, anyways. So yeah, hundred bucks, not uh, bad, not bad. Yeah, maybe it'd be. I will be going back with Kira. Kira's gonna do it. Like I mean, Kira, like Kira, that, right? Kira ate it up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The lights were flickering. And that was the, that was Brandon <laughs> doing that. And, That's uh, just a dodgy light bulb in her house. <laughs> she says that every time. It's every like, time. <laughs> Um, speaking of things that aren't there, she's just got Phillips Hue on an, on an app on her phone under the table. Speaking of things that aren't really there, check this out. So I was having visual and auditory hallucinations on my walk this morning. This guy is recording this. Someone I didn't recognize was filming me and trying I'm to sorry, talk to no, me. I'm sorry, no, I didn't. I used my Ray-Ban smart glasses because okay. I started questioning right, whether or not you. he was there. This guy's up for a walk with his dog. After the walk, I played back the video and realized that I was, in fact, hallucinating. So this gentleman, wearing Ray-Ban uh, smart glasses, took his dogs for a walk. This guy has schizophrenia. Whoa. And he had feelings that he was hallucinating on his walks with his dogs. And in the video we just saw there, he turns and responds to a else? person uh, who asked him a couple of questions, except the person's not there. So that man saw and spoke to someone who was not there. That is so true. Did not know that they weren't actually there. Used his Ray-Ban smart glasses to record the interaction and then replayed it back at home and said, oh, fuck, there was no guy following My, me. my favorite part of this story is that they used uh, Ray-Ban smart glasses. And the reason why is because imagine you were going through this experience and you were like tripping out thinking that somebody's behind you talking to you. And you're like, I need to check to see if that's real. But I don't want to pull my phone out and videotape them yeah, yeah. because if they are feel real, real. Yeah, it's yeah. going to make them feel yeah. uncomfortable. But if I just use my smart glasses, dude, then I can do it incognito. How trippy is it that that guy was even self-aware enough to know that there was no one there? You know what I mean? Like, like how many times have you been walking and someone says something to you and you turn and you say something back to them? How many times in your life has that happened where you went, is that person actually there? Never. Never. Well, if you've never had the, if you've, so if that if you've never had that experience of it being a hallucination, which because you're not schizophrenic, yeah. because you're not schizophrenic, then then you might like if you if if you if you could you know walk if you could put yourself in those shoes and have an experience that is a hallucination like that, yeah. then and then and then come out of it, you might go, oh, there are some little because obviously he 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 experienced it, right? He, but he went. There are some. There are some signs that are telling me that this is. But that's not my happening. question. My my question is what what are those what signs? is yeah what is it that made him go? I feel like that person's not there, so I better record this. Like, what is the feeling of yeah. going? That's off. There's something off about this. Maybe person. they were wearing like a three piece suit from like the early 1800s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. they're like, what? Yeah. It can, ve- it, can, it can be. It can be. It can be. It can be very, very trippy. You know, the, um, if but if you had that experience where you, like you said, Taylor, like you were schizophrenic, then that's the thing that I find so cool about the smart glasses is that you can then start to check whether or not you're experiencing a, a hallucination yeah. without looking. Kyle weird. and I were having a conversation a week or two ago, and I can't remember what it was about, but it was like, it was like. Can you something. imagine if you guys like if this whole podcast was just me? I can't start thinking that like, way. Like, like, like we're just putting these YouTube videos out and it's just me. And like every once in a while, I'm just doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And and you don't even realize that you're the one yeah. spending all the time doing the YouTube videos and yeah, it's yeah. not Brian. Yeah. Brian. 
It feels dangerous. And I'm like, whoa, 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 no, no, Benny and Barney Hill, guys. Benny and Barney Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's just been watching. You're, this is the Truman Show. So Kyle and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago, and I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was kind of like one of those conversations that you have where you're like, isn't it crazy that so many people do this thing? What, whatever it might be. I don't Peel know. Peel seat, I don't know shower. Yeah. And, um, and, and then I went, I said something like, man, maybe we're the crazy ones. Yeah. You know, like, have you did just, just to have that thought I think for a that second, all the time. just to have that thought for a second to go like, we're sitting here thinking that in this particular regard, like we've got our shit figured out. Yeah. And I'm like, what if we are the ones that are completely ass backwards and it's everybody else who's got yeah. it right? Well, I mean, like you don't believe, like you not believing Sheila. It's like, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You crazy. Well, do. <laughs> you crazy. And, but, but, but just having that thought for a second, even though it was quite fleeting, because I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm good. Um, but having that fleeting thought of feeling for a moment like you are completely out of touch. Maybe you are. That like it's a very disconcerting you know, uh, sensation. There's I mean, wisdom of wisdom of the crowds is generally right. So it's interesting to think about that. More often than <laughs> wisdom of the crowds is generally right. Yeah. I think that's a complete falsehood what you just said to me. It's not. No. You should you should I'm going to send you some Stephen Pinker. Is videos. that a book? Wisdom of the crowds is always right. I'm going to send you some Steven Pinker videos because it's really data over a long periods of time that's always right. And I'd say wisdom of the crowds is probably almost exclusively wrong because it's based on in-the-moment feelings. Yeah, well, you and Steven Pinker maybe are the crazy ones yeah. because everybody else thinks yeah. opposite to that. So This guy also likes this, IPAs, so hold perhaps on, but, that's why hold you're on, crazy. But are you crazy because it's opposite or are you crazy because it's wrong? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have the data from a lifetime of research to know about it. I'd have to get, I'd have to collect that. Steven Pinker, dog. <laughs> I got a question. How big was Zay when she came out of Kyla? Eight pounds, seven, six, seven ounces. All right. Well, this, ba ounces. this baby, Angerson uh, from Brazil, he was two feet tall. Which eight pounds, nine ounces is about eight and a half pounds. Two mm. feet tall, uh, 16 pounds, 7.3 kilos. Two feet tall. Uh, mother uh, Cladane Santos dos Santos, 27. Oh, no. Two feet gave, tall isn't that crazy. Gave birth to Anderson, uh, Angerson sorry, I mean, by C-section on Wednesday. Big, uh, both mother and child are said to be in good health. Angerson narrowly misses on the national record set by Anda Milton dos Santos, born in 2005, weighing at 17 pounds, eight how, kilograms. How, how much... Did the this baby weigh? Uh, sixteen pounds. Wow, that's really big. But it's yeah. not it's not crazy tall. Zaya was twenty. It's one of the biggest one of the biggest babies. Zaya in the was twenty one inches, I think. But uh, the the biggest baby in the world is one pound lighter, uh, heavier than this. Baby I mean, it's fucker. it's extremely. I mean, when you think about when you think about it in weight. See, the thing about babies when you're talking about both height and weight is that when I say, oh, twenty four inches, which is two feet, is not that big compared to Zaya. It's like on a percentage basis, it's a lot bigger. On a on a weight basis, it's literally twice Zaya. So wait, two isn't, feet isn't that big? Well, Zaya was, I think, twenty one inches. So she said that she was three, in the like she was tall, the hundredth percentile or something. She was of, in the yeah, she was in the tall like the nine eighty fifth or nine. Right. So if you can imagine that she's that tall, and then this baby is twelve. 12 and a half percent taller plus double the weight. Than it's a big baby. Yeah, yeah no, totally. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not talking, I'm more so talking height, but in weight, it's it's twice Zaya. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big baby. That was a heavy baby. And, and Dude, Kyla, what her belly look like? And Kyla's, Kyla's not a small person. Kyla's 5'8". Yeah. And, and Zaya was tough. Yeah. You know what's crazy is that my brother and I together were 10 pounds. That's what makes me scared about getting Kira. Like if if Kira and I ever decided to have a kid, which we we won't, but like if we ever decided we would, I, I she's mean, so little. Me saying that, like me saying that, I feel like her having a baby, and especially if she had twins, because we'd have to do IVF. Yeah. I feel like she'd just split. But there's no really there. I, I shouldn't. I I I'm I was being misleading by drawing a conclusion between Kyla's height and like the challenge of having a baby because yeah. it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with has to do with um your pelvis and and like Kyla's. Kira's not, got a real small. Pelvis. Kyla's not. Kyla's not curvy. Is Kira curvy? No, she's like this little tiny gymnast. We can't. It's problematic that we're talking about women's bodies without them in the room here. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Shut the fuck up. All right, let's move on to uh, this week's edition of What the Hell? Uh, skin graft. You guys know what skin grafts are? 
Uh, yes. Yes. Well, skin graft could be the next breakthrough addiction treatment. Researchers at the University of Chicago have found a new way to combat addiction, and it's as easy as taking a piece of skin. They discovered by taking a piece of skin from the patient and using the gene editing tool CRISPR to edit and grow new and improved cells, they can regulate dopamine spikes against alcohol cravings or produce an enzyme that blocks the effects of cocaine and then reattaches it to the patient. The mice experiments were a huge success as the mice who were hooked on cocaine and alcohol turned up their little mousy noses at the stuff after receiving a graft of genetically altered human skin. They were even forced to drink water laced with cocaine and alcohol, but they still ignored the spiked option in, fl- in favor of plain-ass water after receiving a skin graft of altered human cells. The researchers are now seeking approval from the Food and Drug Administration to try their hand at human skin. From there, it could take five years or more for the treatment to reach the public. But the best part is no more hiding your secret stash of drugs and alcohol in your skin folds. Uh, this new treatment will make sure that your skin doesn't even want it anymore. Uh, so next time you're tempted to reach for a drink or a line, just remember the proof is in the pudding skin. And you can now have a new improved <laughs> oh, and man. addiction-free skin. Who knew the answer to our addiction problems was just a small piece of skin anyway. Thanks, or, ChatGPT. Did, wait, did you hear oh, that? Oh, that was all written yeah. by ChatGPT. Oh, I was like, who wrote this? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the funny thing is like... We're I getting ChatGPT like, to write all of the summaries of the articles we're reading on the show now. Um, that's, I, that's great. I was going to say that the other way to um, solve the addiction problem is just uh, reducing the traumatic experiences for youth. Because isn't that the highest correlated factor to and probably the easiest, to addiction and probably the easiest solution? Well, rather than trying to do skin grafts, that I was just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, well but I mean, yeah. it's easier to do than like create new science to treat the symptoms. I mean, is it, comes it easier back to, the, to do? Well, I I probably would say so, it's not easier to do. So it's definitely say better. It's definitely better to do. Yeah. So so my point is is that like coming back to the conversation that we had with um, uh, Julie from uh, the research in New- Newfoundland. Julie Dwyer. Uh, the like, Episode ain't out yet, but it's coming. So train, so I mean, very quick overview of what she was talking about. Uh, the fact that pain is now registered as a disease yeah. and not a symptom. Chronic pain. That makes it easier to treat the causes of that pain rather than looking at the pain of a cause as a cause of something. And so with addictions, like rather than trying to resolve the all these like create all these other new technologies to resolve the symptoms of that addiction, treat the actual source of that addiction in the first place, which is far easier said than done, but also probably the only thing that will fix that. The only thing that will eradicate it. Yeah. And not that like the goal has to be eradication because sure. I think that that's it's probably impossible. unreasonable, but, yeah. but if we want to actually make an impact in it, I think that it has to be at understanding and treating the root cause of that, which in a lot of cases seems to be trauma. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, yes, I agree with you. I think, yeah, my, our, re- our, both of our reactions to your statement is I think more so that it's better to do that, but not easier. Yeah. Well, folks agree. <laughs> uh, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to support the podcast, you can, uh, leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts or leave a rating on the Spotify mobile app, or come on over to our Discord where conversations about the episodes are happening with a lovely group of folks from around the world. Um, and uh, you can also drop your Wordle scores in there. You can drop photos of graphic content of you having surgery on your pelvis or something cool like that. Uh, and uh, you can also help produce the podcast by giving us Feel Good Friday content. Uh, none of the content was from uh, this episode was from it, but uh, oftentimes we do bring our content from Discord onto the show. And we'll give you a shout out when we do. Um, so you can find the Discord link in the show notes of every episode. And if you would like to be a guest on this show, please go over to uh, sickboypodcast.com. No, sorry. Just go to sickboypodcast.com. There's a big button. It says be a guest. And uh, we've been getting a really great flood of uh, guest applications lately, which um, I think means that more people are listening to the show, which seems to be the case, um, which is great news all around for everybody. Yeah. So thank you for listening. And 
uh, signing up to be a potential guest for the show. And if you sign up to be a potential guest, um, you don't have to write a novel. Like, I mean, you can, you, I mean, you, you can, but it's easier for us to read it if it's like a few paragraphs yeah. and then it's really exciting. And, um, and also bonus points if it's really funny because yeah. it doesn't matter uh, though. We, we read them all. We, read them we all. do read them all. Yeah. Um, and thanks as always to the people who help us, uh, make the show. Brian skims as if it's long. That's what he's saying. Jeff. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the people who attach TLDRs to the end of their yeah, messages. Yeah. I just read yeah. that. Um, thanks to Jeff Lonis, our manager and to Rich O'Coin for the theme music. That's it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.